We're hitting the tasting. We're hitting the tasting, right? Tasting is very important. Like, yeah, very important. The thing I know most about wine is <laughs> the tasting. To another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 73. This episode features Charlotte Lemstrabeek. Charlotte is a winemaker in the Languedoc region. And we were, as some of you might know, we were in holiday in France over the summer. And the Chateau Canet is a winery that's in one of our, it's part of the Epimian membership, which I've spoken about many times. And they're one of the, one of the wineries in that, uh, in that offering. And so we usually will buy quite a bit of their wine through the years. And so Charlotte is... It's her family that runs the winery. Uh, her dad and her brother and herself are all winemakers there. And they all have their own labels and produce their own styles. Hers is very young and fresh and great acidity and a bit fruit forward and just a fun, fresh kind of wine. And uh, the labels, among others, the, the labels, one is uh, Fleur de Charlotte. And uh, so just a great, fun, vibrant energy in their wines. And she herself is a lot of fun, and we sat down for a chat. And yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it. I studied actually. I, so I was in um, Carcassonne. Cheers, by the way. Thank you so much. This is this is fortuitous. Oh, well, thank fortuitous. you for stopping by. Well, yeah. yeah um, so yeah, I studied in in Carcassonne until I was about thirteen. And then I went off to boarding school in the UK, hence why I speak the very English that I do. And yeah, that was eight years ago now. So I was at school there for five years, and now I'm at uni in Scotland, in St nice. Andrews. Nice. And I've got about a year left. So nice. going into the final big push. Which, uh, which university in Scotland? In St Andrews. Okay. So just north of Edinburgh. I'm, I'm a golfer, so I'm well, okay. well aware of where St Andrews is. Home of the golf, yeah, home the, of the motherland. Golf, yeah. I, we did a trip, I think 2019, we went through Scotland and as much as I tried to swing, swing it in the trip, there's only so many concessions when my wife and I are on a road trip. It's, we're generally great on agreeing on most places to go to, but then there's always some, you know, well, if we just swing through this way, not like I wanted to go. Yeah. Actually, I'm doing a round of golf tomorrow and it was, uh, it was a, of the two weeks, it was like, so you want to, you're going to spend one of those whole days golfing and being away. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Got to, you yeah. just got to. So. Amazing. And what about, what about winemaking wise? What, what's your, was that in the Carcassonne part well, portion or? Kind of. I mean, growing up here, it's hard not to right. get involved or at least have some form of interest. Right. Um, and, you know, I grew up running around the cellar where we are now, yeah. getting my hands dirty and in the vineyards, trying to figure out what everything was. Um, I, that picture over there is my mom and I 
um, during our first harvest at Cannes, I think it was in 2007. Okay. Um, and we did a, a special hand harvest, and I think it was uh, 2007, I was five or six years old. Um, so it's hard not to, to get involved in it of when course. it's basically yeah. running through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's my dad is doing this every day, and my mom takes care of all the event side of things. Um, but it's a real passion. Mm. And they've built this place up. We've been here for 15 years now. Wow. And they, they live and breathe it, and it's yeah. their passion. Um, and we've never had any pressure, my brother and I, to right. you know, take over or to join the wine industry and kind of follow in the footsteps. They've always said, this is our dream. Yeah. And we're making it work as much as we can. Yeah. We're loving it. But because we love it, then we know that you guys have to go figure out what your dream is and pursue that in the same way that we have. Right. Which and I, it just happens to still be wine for you then. Well, yeah. On, on one hand, there's the wine side that's kind of hard to, to let go of because this is home. And when I come back to France, it's, it's home. Mm. Um, and it feels incredibly special to have grown up here. Yeah. And also really understand and kind of learn this craftsmanship just from being around it. Um, and I'm nowhere near the, the kind of winemaker that my dad is, but you know, when it comes to making the Fleur de Charlotte blends, mm. I, I, you know, my, my name is on the label and I yeah. try and participate in the tastings and have some input and you know, the whole idea behind them is to create something that's fun and young and fruity mm. and really putting each kind of cépage really, um, en valeur, like you say in French, putting that forward. Right. So there's no oak there or Asian tanks and matured yeah. in the tanks, um, stainless steel, very pure, right. very kind of contrasting to the Minerva wines, which are baking in the sun for a long time. So they're very, very sugary and the sugar turns into alcohol and that can be made into a beautiful thing. But if I'm 21, I want mm -hmm. something that's fun, that's a bit young, elegant. Yeah. So it's playing on, on all of that. Um, yeah, lighter, yeah. fresh clean really really Crisp, yeah. yeah yeah and the um the poppies on the label is a, a fun kind of reminder of growing up here at Cane because we'd always go for walks with the dogs in the vineyards and things like that in the evenings and we'd have poppies that grow in between mm. the vines and but I would get told off by my parents because if you pick them then they um they don't survive so you've got to keep it keep it there and yeah. leave it in the vineyards and just enjoy it while you're out on your walk. Right. So the poppies is a little nod to that. So it's a fun, yeah. fun kind of blend. And it's also a bit the joy of family competition. Right. Um, because my brother's also involved in it. He's got his wines, Domingo, which are just located outside of Limoux, which is about 40 minutes away from we, here. Yeah, we went down there. Yeah, so you're in the foothills yeah. of the Pyrenees. You've got about 400 meters elevation. Um, and it's, it's really different because we, we grew up in Burgundy. So we spent the first couple of years in Burgundy um, and then moved down to the south. So being in Limoux for him is kind of blending those two worlds of you've got cépages like the Pinot Noir and the Chardonnay, which are typically Burgundian, but you're making them in the south just because you've got that little microclimate and that pearl of weather right. there that yeah. permits you to do that. Um, what, so, what part of Burgundy... Uh... We, I, we, well, both of us actually were born in Bonn. Okay, yeah. So we, did, we did a road trip about 10 years ago through there, so. Okay, yeah. 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 Right in the heart of where yeah. everything happens. 
And it's really beautiful, but it's such a different wine culture. Of course. Yeah. And the Languedoc is the largest wine producing region in the world. So it's kind of cool to, within that, how do you make yourself stand out? Um, and even, you know, within your family, it's, it's fun to, to all work together with it and to have, you know, discussions and you play around and you're trying to create something all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, it's an exciting new project. Fleur de Charlotte is potentially kind of expanding. So originally these come from, um, we, we cherry pick the best grapes that we can throughout the region. And that's what we'll continue doing with Fleur de Charlotte. But we've just bought about 15 acres in um, the Cabardes, which is about 20 minutes away from here. Okay. And that's a completely different little microclimate again. So you're really blending the kind of um, the Mediterranean with the Occidental. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun little twist. So we'll see how that goes. It's right in the starting blocks. Yeah. We're looking at label designs and all sorts of things. So, must yeah. be fun, but also it's a lot of it's a lot of challenge to think of something new and and um, like you said, something that you hope will be successful. And well, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's how do you how do you stand out and how do you kind of stay true to what you want to create? Yeah. Um, so it's all it's all fun to play around with. Mm, for sure, it's interesting you're talking about the Fleur de Chardonnay being like a young, light, young, fresh kind of. Uh, a lot of the wines in BC and a lot of the wines more recently have been really pushing on the acidity and trying to be really like fresh and acidic and get that nice crispness to them, right? So that's another younger, it seems to be younger push towards uh, crisp, crisp type wines, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, like Rieslings and stuff where it's nice and nice and fresh and crisp. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice comparison. I can't say I know enough about Canadian wines. Um, we spend a lot of time there as a family because we've got some family over there. Nice. Um, so it's really special to always go back. And we're in Prince Edward County. Okay. So they've got some wines over there as well. Nice, yeah. And even just to, to taste and to compare, you know, you're, you're burying your vines under the snow for yeah. several months a year. For sure. Whereas here, you know, they lose some leaves yeah. and they stay just chilling in the yeah. cold. Yeah. Um, but it's such a completely different process. Yeah. Yet you're ultimately coming out with what should be the same product. Right. It's also kind of fun, and actually we were talking about this yesterday at home with my parents, is that growing up, my dad would always say, you know, winemaking is like, if you're a winemaker, you're like an artist, because you might create something that your next-door neighbor completely disagrees mm. with. But for you, it's your, it's your pipit, it's your little gold nugget. And it's fun because everyone will have a different input, and... My dad being my dad, um, as the good Dutchman that he is, he likes to bend the rules a little bit and see how far he can push things. So experimentally, it's really interesting. And to kind of be surrounded by that and learn from that is really is really fun. Um, it's like the, the Chapelle from Chateau Canet, which is actually just in the next door room. Okay. It's in the uh, these polymer eggs. Yes, yeah, I saw those, yeah. And it's really cool because you're maturing the wine in the same way as you would for Les Evangiles, which is a Syrah, but that is in oak. So that's on the right hand of the cellar. And on the left, we've got those flex tanks, they're called, um, which is this polymer that has the same porosity as the wood. But for the Grenache, it's great because it allows it to mature, Mm. but you don't get that kind of toasted vanilla flavor of right. the oak that yeah. would overpower the fruit of the Grenache. Right. So playing around with that and 
being traditional on one hand, but also experimenting with new techniques and things mm. like that is really, it's fun to be around and it's fun to get influenced by. No, for sure. And, and that's definitely, especially for like for BC, for us, it's certainly experimentation is, you know, the name of the game, right? Like there's, I think they said at one point is 80 different varietals. I've got fr- I've got friends who are who are winemakers who I've chatted with, and they're they're like, I'm putting in whatever I'm putting in Roussan because I want to put in Roussan, and just to see and just to play around with it. And um, there's some that some really work better than others, obviously. And there's some regions that are more known for uh, for you know certain grapes, but then there's some they're like, I'm just I'm putting in because I want to put it in, right? And and you know Sangiovese, whatever you know, you name it, they're thrown it in because they're like. So just because I can and because I want to, yeah. right? So, but I mean, eighty different varieties. It's, it's just, yeah. That's something else. It's it is something else, and it's uh, and there's there, but there's still the traditional varieties that you know, and there's still the Bordeaux blends, and there's still the the top the top dogs, right? Like the Chardonnays, and the there's still those top the Cavsaus, and those kind of ones that are still the predominant ones that everyone always seems to gravitate back towards. And Bordeaux blends are always anywhere. It seems that that's still going to be a thing, right? Pinot, old but gold. Sorry. It's old but gold. Old but gold. Yeah. Pinot. <laughs> Pinot is that's kind of like me. I'm old but gold. Um, <laughs> no. But uh, Pinot is always Pinot. Everybody always loves Pinot, right? And and but if you want to make, you know, you want to make Riesling, you want to make Herbertsmann, you, you know, I mean, like whatever you want to make, yeah. you 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 can. But there's still, there's always those traditional ones that people will always crave. Merlot is big there. Um, like I said, Chardonnay is big. Um, so you'll, and there's some that don't work. And it's, it's tr- sometimes a trial and error and sometimes, and I found that a lot of them, there's almost a community of winemakers assisting each other and helping each other with, oh, your slopes are self-facing. Okay, you probably shouldn't be planting X, Y, Z, whatever. You know what I mean? And they really work they'll have winemaker dinners and stuff and they'll, yeah. they'll talk the trade and they'll swap, you know, swap trade secrets and swap, uh, you know, best of, you know, best type things. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it's, it's not like your, your fellow winemaker is an enemy. It's interesting right. to share your right. insights and kind of share ideas and sure maybe you want to guard some close to your chest if you've got yeah. a little secret that's right. top notch. Right. But I mean, it's like discussions that I have with my, my brother and my dad and my mom. It's, we talk about wine a lot, inevitably being here. Inevitably, yeah. Um, which isn't always a bad thing, I suppose. <laughs> but it's it's fun because we share, I mean, the, the amount that my brother and I learn from, mm. I guess, having grown up here, but also just the knowledge that my dad has. Yeah. And, you know, when we moved here, we had Denis, who had been here for God knows how many years. I think overall it was 40 years. Yeah. And he, he kind of taught us everything we know about the terroir and the, the vines mm. and oh that plot over there is more you know sun exposed like you said this one is better for this variety this one you have to harvest a bit earlier it's all different it's all you know, you've got to share it and I guess that's the fun thing about wine it's like when you ask someone what their favorite wine is most of the time it's accompanied by who they were drinking it with mm. and what yeah. they were doing yeah. you know it's that story yeah which is fun it brings people together yeah I, I chatted with a lady once um, as a writer uh, in New York, and she always talks about there's memorable wines um, and memorable moments, you know, and there's, there's 
making having those wines and making those moments memorable right like you don't need to like we're here for a 50th wedding anniversary which in itself is for my in-laws in in itself is a memorable experience but then there's pulling out memorable bottles and just having that tuesday night and making that moment memorable you know making that that night memorable and you talk about and a story i've told many times on the show where I, I, I said to you that there's only so many bottles per year that we can get of that particular yeah. my, my epiphany wine and we had a dinner party one night and there was about eight or ten of us my father-in-law brought out a bottle and i'm like oh he brought one and it's called black dog okay. to me of course it's the, uh, speaking about the dogs and the yeah, and stuff yeah. it's what's called black dog and um we always we always talk about it because it's like he brought one out and you know, like I said, he'll probably get three, three for the year. And he brought one on. There's eight of us. We all got a little splash, right? And I'm like, oh, this is great. He's, you know, he's, he's, and it was eight, nine years old. And then wow. he disappears and then he comes back and he's brought another one up. I brought another one out. Oh my God. <laughs> right. And we're just like, sure. we're just like, he's, he's blown his whole year supply in one night. Right. But he, he was enjoying the night and we're outside and we have the, the table and, the lights and everything was just magical, right? So he's like, yeah. he wanted to, he well, wanted to keep it well. going. I mean, there's no right? point. Sure, no. it's good to center wine and let it mature appropriately, but yeah. it comes a point where you just have to open it and make an occasion yeah. for it. I mean, and and that's to be said about fresh wines, right? Young wines mm-hmm. that cellaring wine is lovely, but I don't want to wait twenty years to, well, to exactly. drink a wine. And that's the joy of Fleur de Chalet. You make an occasion of it every day. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a positive. Yeah. What, what's this one here that we're drinking, by the way? Just this of... is the Malbec de Mencanet, which we've actually just I've been trying to not drink it, by the way. relaunched this year. Um, it's the Domaine Canet range, so it's not Chateau Canet. Right. So this, um, you can see on the back of the bottle, it's um, Indication Géographique Protégée. Mm-hmm. So it's, you can't legally have the name Chateau Canet on it, right. but the grapes are from Canet, the right. domain, Mariana. And it's um, it's great stuff. I love it. It's, you know, your very kind of typical Malbec. Um, it's lovely to drink on a kind of windy summer day mm-hmm. like today. And you like can have it. it with anything, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. So it's part of this, I'd say, new range, but we had it before when we first came to Canet and we've just kind of redesigned it a little bit so quite modern right. young and quite fun yeah. a bit art deco uh, yeah. labels and there's the whole range so yeah. we've got a Malbec a Merlot we've got some Rosé some White the Sauvignon Chardonnay um, and each kind of rainbow colours on the labels um, yeah. so it's quite fun what are your thoughts? I like it it's got uh, it's got a bit of tannin still it could it could probably could probably set my cellar for another year or so but um, it's juicy too. It's got a nice juiciness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you were speaking about acidity earlier, and it's mm-hmm. quite a fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you guys find with your white cell? Do you get any of the Mediterranean up here at all, or um, like that kind of that wind. salinity with the wind and everything? And... So we have two winds that come here. Um, we have the Cerse and the Marin, and one comes from the south, so kind of North African Mediterranean, mm. very hot, very sticky right and then one that comes more from the atlantic which is a bit cooler mm. and refreshing so i think today we have 
hot and sticky. Right. Um, and yesterday was a bit of a wet day as well, so it doesn't help. Yeah. But when you've got the the Atlantic winds that come through, we're in a bit of a tunnel um, mm. between the Montagne Noire and Yalarik on the other side. Yeah. So we we basically constantly have wind here, which mm. makes the heat a lot more bearable. Well, we're, we've been down in Carcassonne, and, and it's very similar with that wind coming through. And, and um, they said that airport, like when we came in, we came in kind of sideways, and um, the winds are notorious apparently for... Always, or, yeah. Always, so it's um, it's a constant kind of yeah, bumpy landing. Yeah, landing, yeah. And there's not that many. I think it's just Ryanair that flies in. There. Yeah, yeah. So you've yeah. got the the trumpets and the clapping once you land, but in that case, sometimes it's needed because it's genuinely quite a tough landing. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, this is juicy. This is I could do this with um, like some ribs or something. Something. Uh, that would be good. Nice little barbecue sauce. Yeah, exactly. Rich and sweet, yeah. sticky barbecue sauce. And yeah. This would be a lot fresher on the side. I must confess, I haven't had many of your brother's wines that, uh, uh -huh. speaking about that label. I'll have to try the, the Pinot Noir in that case. That would be amazing. Yeah. That, um, that was one of the, for me, when we came through about 10 years ago, going through Burgundy, that for me was a highlight, like, Picking our route, we were. My wife's cousin was in in en Provence. Okay. So, yeah. um, picking, we were going up to Paris and kind of picking our way up. And I'm like, well, I want to go. Up. It's kind of straight, but also going through Burgundy was yeah. the more for me the the route I wanted to take. So to do some wines there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. So, well, we'll have to send you off with a bottle of Pinot. Yeah, I would love that. Well. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I know I have to run. I appreciate the time. Well, thank you for, yeah. for the opportunity. Thank Cheers. you very much. Yeah. I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests. Friendsofthevine.podbean.com Take care. Have a glass for me. I don't know, we got a Pinot or Riesling or something? I like Pinot. He does like Pinot. I do like Pinot. Pinot, Pinot, Pinot.